Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving Good morning. Welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Sean Hackett. Sean, how you doing this morning, bud? Really good, Mr. Casey. Really, really good. Good deal, man. If you haven't, go back and take a look at our very first interview I did with Sean back here now, towards the first of the year. I have to go back and look at the exact date, but um, I want to say it's like Moving Iron Podcast number 119 or 118. Um, but we talked about cold weather and, and, and how the weather models were shaping up and in the uh, first couple weeks of, of March, we're going to be some pretty cold time frames. And if if it's kind of starting to make it look like Sean was uh, wasn't uh, wasn't telling the lie there because it's cold and it looks like it's going to stay that way for a while. So, Sean, talk a little bit about what you see happening with some of the weather modeling that you guys are looking at, and and how you think that's going to start affecting the markets. Well, as we, as we mentioned in that uh, episode, as you know, we had uh, predicted based upon the solar cycle that we're in, you know, that we would have, have a, a very cold period coming up and a late ending winter. The whole key was that the winter would be late ending and we would get cold weather well into March and even into April. We still feel everything's on track for that to happen. The other thing uh, that's popping up is that with all of this uh, cold weather, we've had a lot of snow, snowpack in many areas are near record levels. And we've also had record moisture in the south. So our subsoil, our soil um, saturation levels are at the 99 percentile level for 85% of the grain belt, meaning that we're basically at record saturation levels for this time of the year heading into the spring. And we still expect lots more moisture, lots more snow, and lots more cold to come. And when the snow melt comes, when eventually it warms up, we see a lot of problems with planting, a lot of flooding problems. We just think it's going to be a mess. We're not normally one to get too excited about planting problems. We normally feel that things will always work out, but we're really concerned this may be an exception to the rule, and we actually could get what we think could be a legitimate weather market this spring. And so that's something we're really keeping an eye on for problems for crop plantings, what we plant, how much we plant, and what the yield implications might be. So we think this is a big story that will probably start to play out as we make it into mid-March and beyond. Right on, and that and that's a uh, that's the other thing too about that. Yeah, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not concerned that we won't get the crop planted. I'm just more concerned about the timing of when it gets planted and how that affects the pollination cycle. If we're looking at a you know a middle of the summer when it's really hot and corn starting to pollinate, and same with same with soybeans, that does have a big effect on overall bushels that 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 uh, we could see come from that crop. Well, what we, we were really concerned about is that especially for corn, when you have a lot of moisture, you have a shallow root structure, and it looks to us that we can kind of split the switch from winter to summer like we did last year and basically not have a spring. And then if, if you throw a hot weather, you evaporate the topsoil moisture, you harden the surface, you know, all of a sudden you have even you have additional problems with emergence problems and everything else. So we think that there could be a, a big problem with, emergence and pollination based upon how it goes into the ground 
in the cycle thereafter. But we do see a, a flip from winter to summer, like last year. We don't really, many areas actually won't even see spring. So it's it could be a big problem, um, Mr. Casey. And we think this is something that everyone should be paying very close attention to because we think the markets uh, will start to react before too long. Right on. Okay. Well, okay. So the other day you sent out an article, and something we I don't think we've ever talked about on here in the in the on the market part of this is um, is the is milk. You know what that and how how that affects the overall marketplace. And it, it, no big surprise to anyone that looks at milk for the last couple of years. It's just been very a lot of turmoil there. A lot of a lot of stuff happening there that that just is driving that market down from a supply thing and and whether it's you know some tariff issues that were coming along in, in in the in the overall kind of structure of that. So talk a little bit about about the milk market and what you see happening there. The big problem with the milk market, um, and what really got us into trouble, <clears throat> is four or five years ago, the fluid milk demand started to absolutely crash, um, and as milk fluid milk demand crashed domestically, all that milk that was normally diverted to consumption was diverted to making more cheese, essentially. Um, and so it, it it built up these massive, massive cheese stocks in the U.S. In fact, to this day, we have all-time record cheese stocks because of it. And it's taken a while for the U.S. producer to get on board with the idea that they can't keep growing production at two and two and a half percent when fluid milk demand is crashing. So finally, after some very, very, you know, very painful, uh, unprofitable years, we're finally seeing milk production slow down dramatically. The last three months, we've seen only half a percent growth in U.S. milk production. And in, in our work says that that's the level where cheese stocks will no longer grow, but will actually start to draw them down. Massive herd liquidation going on in the dairy sector. Um, slaughter rates at all-time record levels um, over the last 30 days. So, so we are in full divestment mode right now in the U.S. dairy industry. And while that's not positive for those that you know don't make it through, for those that do, it does mean that we're going to tighten up the balance sheet, and we are looking for some better prices in the back half of the year. So, it's a it's a bad good scenario right now, but more good than bad later on in the year. Well, yeah. <clears throat> all right, so. Got the news about uh, President Trump was going to uh, extend the uh, tariff deadline that was supposed to take place here tomorrow, and so now we've extended that out, and that really did no real positive feeds for just the overall grain markets. Uh, corn didn't really get beat up too bad this week, but it didn't have a positive day. So talk about that a little bit and where you see that headed. I think the market's suffering a little, um, we're getting a little impatient. So that we have now, now we, you know, now we're delayed. But how long are we going to be delayed for? There's a talk. There might be a meeting with uh, King later this month, but we don't know for sure. You know, um, and and we've we've heard a lot of rumors about proposals and memorandums of understandings. Are they true? When would they happen? How quickly would they happen? Are they really realistic? Will it happen at all? I mean, there's so much uncertainty. I think the market's just unwilling to place any big bets until at least. President Trump says we have a definitive meeting set, a definitive date and time. I think that might get the markets excited again. But while we're in this period where we have really no idea what's next, I think some traders and maybe some speculators have decided to take some chips off the table and put some pressure on the market until we get you know, some clarity. And just look what happened. You know, Trump went to this summit in uh, Vietnam 
with North Korea and, and came away with nothing. And so now you now we wonder, well, if there's a summit with the Chinese, do we come away with nothing as well? I mean, you know, it just it, it starts putting fear into the market. I think that's what's going on right now, why the market may be kind of backpedaling a little bit, not sure what to do. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, Sean, that we can't really a lot of there's too many there's like a lot of balls in the air that we're all trying to catch at the same time. And that's that's kind of it creates a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace when that happens. Absolutely. It's, I, I can't remember in my entire career having more balls in the air trying to know which one's going to drop first. It's really uh, pretty unprecedented, but uh, we hope we eventually clear things up. But right now, it's anything but clear. Right on. All right, Sean. Well, folks want to reach out to you and pick your brain or ask some questions or just get some uh, direction on maybe some, some of the investments that they're working on. How would they do that? Our website is the best place at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have white paper, downloads, sample reports, description of our services uh, that would you know, give them a better indication of what we do. It might be of, of help and of service to them, and that would be the best place for them to go. Right on, Sean. All right, Sean, well, you take care of yourself, and we will touch base again uh, next week. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Uh, you too, Sean. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Here you can find Morning Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out GlobalAgNetwork.com for more details and updates. You'll be able to hear Dryline Farmer Podcast, Girls Talk Ag, the Top Soil Podcast, Ag News Daily, Working Cows, Heifer Please, Throwback Iron, and Ask Agnes. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. We're in iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. We're in iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.